Welcome to PDPW's podcast. Here's Bill Baker. Where today we're talking about negotiation. You know, everyone negotiates, even if they don't realize it. It occurs in everyday life with family and friends and business. But how are your communication and negotiation skills? Are they helping or hurting your relationships? And joining us this week, Dr. Becky Stewart-Gross, founder of Building Bridges Seminars. So, Becky, today we're talking about negotiations where both sides win. Well, that is what I would say is the perfect negotiation. You know, it's interesting if you go out and you look, there are all different kinds of negotiations. In fact, there's some you can see on guerrilla-style negotiations, um, real hard bargaining negotiations. But the one that I have found, especially today, that is so important for us is to really look at what is going to be the one that is going to help us truly get to using a win-win approach. There was a study that was done by Harvard, and it was called the Harvard Negotiation Project. And Uri and Fisher were the people that had, the researchers that had worked on this project. And almost all of the win-win material that you will find out there today is based on seven different steps. And they have gone through and they've said that there are seven things that will make us different than that old traditional type. Now, if you think about what the traditional is, oh, that's that hard bargaining one where, you know, we each throw out different prices and we keep going back and forth. And finally, we basically say, take it or leave it. And we're going to end up splitting the difference. You know, people like using that because it's kind of expected. If you think about going and buying a car, you know, it's kind of the approach people have been using. This win-win approach, um, people aren't uh, quite sure of it because it takes more time, it takes skill, but I'm going to tell you, it can make such a difference, and what we find is it makes a real difference in the long-term relationship. So let's start right in then on the first step. Our first step that we have to think about is not what is the position, but what does each person really want? We call this the interest area. This is where you're thinking about the person's needs, their concerns, their goals, their desires, and their fears. So we want to look at what people really want. Now, we have to be careful we don't assume on this one because people oftentimes make assumptions. So if you think about, if you think about different things, what is it that's really important to them? You know, here in Wisconsin, we've certainly dealt with our snow this past winter, as many other states have. And we think about things like, if somebody needs to go out and they're going to be building a new building, one of the things that they're thinking about today probably isn't just going to be what is the price, but they're also going to be thinking about how is it going to hold up in 50 mile an hour winds? How is it going to hold up when we've had nonstop snow coming down? And so we have to think about what's really the interest of both parties. Because once we have that down, we're no longer holding on different positions. But now what we're going to do is we're going to really start to discover what do people really want. This is like a puzzle. You need to do a lot of brainstorming here. And you want to be able to put things out on the table. Now, this can be really risky if you don't know who the other person is. And if you don't really have any trust with the other person. Because at this point, you need to really be able to put out, this is what's really important to me, and now be able to start looking at some new options. Understanding that this might be totally different than what you started off with. 
So this is where we need to be open to discussions and thinking about what might be some new and different ways to come up with some different things. Um, the more options, the better here. And those options can help really to bridge our different interests that we have together. And so thinking about how are we going to be able to tie those options together. But the question always is, what happens if we get into this and it doesn't work out? Make sure you do have a backup plan. You know, when you walk into a negotiation and you're going into this, and now this makes it sound so formal when I say you walk into a negotiation, because we all know sometimes our biggest negotiations are with our spouse, or they might be with our teenager, and they're not ones that we have all planned out ahead of time. We literally just walked into it. And it's taking that pause, and as we start into it again, listening to what the person is saying, trying to figure out what's not their position, but what is really their interest. Let me give you a quick example. Let's pretend that you walk in and your teenage son says to you that he would like to be able to drive the car his senior year of, of school. He's a senior in high school and he wants to drive the car and not take the bus. Now his position is to take the car. Your position is you would prefer he takes the bus. But if you were to really look at each of your interests, well, if you think about it, his interests might be, you know, he's going to look cool. He's got a car that he's driving. Start thinking about the different things of what his interests are. Now, what are your interests? Well, probably his safety. Maybe you don't have an extra car to be able to have out there. So you're thinking about what are the interests that each of you have as opposed to just the positions. You see, this is where now when we start thinking about that jigsaw puzzle, it's like, well, is there anything we can do? Perhaps it's not going to be taking your car. Maybe grandma has a car that she's not using, or maybe there's a, an old clunker car, or maybe there's some other different type of transportation, or maybe, maybe there's a day that you're working from home, and on that day, he could take your car. Maybe we could work out some different options. But you know, there always should be in your mind when you walk in, to any type of a negotiation is what happens if we don't agree at all. We don't come to an agreement. That's having what we call our walk away or our backup plan. Oh, we've probably heard that song by Kenny Rogers and the Gambler. And you know, we call that your best alternative to a negotiated agreement. My husband and I, when we look at it, oftentimes we'll say, so what's your BATNA? In other words, if that doesn't work out, what is going to be your best alternative to a negotiated agreement? Your BATNA. Uh, and I like remembering that because that is when you're going to either walk away from that deal. I had someone one day say to me, I wish I would have thought about that before I had gone into a particular situation with a vendor that they were talking to, they said, you know, we actually lost our shirt on that deal. They said, and it got down to the point that it became more about making the deal than it did making a good deal. And they got the deal in the end, but it didn't end up being a win-win for either side. So that gives us our first three areas. Let's go to our fourth area. Our fourth area that we have sounds kind of strange, and it's called a standard of legitimacy. And that's basically saying, what is the criteria that we want to use to make sure that we aren't getting ripped off? Now, really what we're doing here is we are creating benchmarks. 
we're asking, how are we going to know that this is fair for both of us? What's going to be our range of fairness? And one of the parts we have to remember here is that fairness does not necessarily mean equal. Now, we might use a number of different standards, and you might even uh, think about how are you going to use this as a sword and also as a shield as they come back. So you can use it to cut through the options that they put on the table, but also to really be a barrier, if you will, or to hold up and to hold up why your side might be a really good one. So we think of standards in the dairy business. I mean, even if you want to hire someone today, you know, you can go out on the internet and you can look at different websites to see what are the ongoing salaries that are out there. But if there are no standards, now what we are going to have to do together is we're going to have to agree upon some objective criteria if none exist. For instance, let's go back, um, let's pretend as a husband and wife, you're trying to decide at what age should one of your children be allowed to start working certain equipment on your farm. And you might have very different opinions on that based upon how each of you were raised and, and based upon your own thoughts on that and based upon the particular piece of equipment. So you are now together going to set up certain equipment. Maybe there are certain safety features. Maybe there are certain criteria. Maybe you want them to go through certain training. So you say, if the person does this, then they can start whether it's driving that four-wheeler or going out and driving the tractor, whatever it is that they're going to actually be doing, you can think about what is some criteria that we both now agree upon that can now be the standard that we are going to be using. And that can be something that can be helpful for us. On step number five, the question is going to be now, all right, how does communication fit into all of this? Are we ready to listen and to talk? I like thinking about this if you're driving down the street and you hear behind you an ambulance. If you ever thought about, if you look in your rear view mirror, you can read the word ambulance on the front of the ambulance. But if you were to look at the ambulance straight on, it looks like it's backwards. You see, it's not backwards though for their intended audience. And the intended audience is the person that is driving and looking in the rear view mirror. That's for each of us. We need to be thinking about who is it that we're doing our negotiating with? And are we thinking about the appropriate communication? So I need to think about what generation am I talking to? What method of communication am I using at this point? Which that just takes us right into our sixth area. And that's really thinking about who is it that you are negotiating with? And it's the relationship piece. The question here is how important is my relationship with this person. You know, the realization is growing that within the area of negotiations, that the long-term relationship is as important as the solution. So that's why when we talk about these areas and we think about all of these different aspects, we look at what is going to be so important with how we are communicating to each other when we are negotiating with each other. And the seventh and the last one has to do with commitment, which is really looking at, so how formal or informal and what kind of commitments should I make or should I seek in these situations? You know, first of all, I think one of the greatest pitfalls, just assuming that something is non-negotiable. 
Um, that, that's one for those of us that negotiations can be challenging at times. Um, that's an easy one to just go in and say, oh, well, uh, of course, they, they would never negotiate with me on that. And we just don't even try it. Another one is failing to prepare. As I've worked with organizations on this area of negotiations, I'm always amazed how many people have said, I have not done enough homework. And I think that's something that's really important to think about is what is the homework or the preparation that we need to do? And the more important the negotiation is, so the more important the topic is, and the more important the relationship is, the more we actually should be preparing for it. Another pitfall is not building a relationship with the person. And some people will say that they don't want to build a relationship because they are afraid that it will hurt the negotiation. I've actually found that to be the total opposite. I found that if we truly build relationships, that we will find we will have much more effective relationships and negotiations. Another one is not listening to the person, not knowing your BATNA. Remember, that's your walkaway plan. Just focusing on what it's going to cost you or just trying to win for yourself and not thinking about the true win-win. So let's just highlight, what are some of those successful negotiations? Successful negotiations are ones that meet both of our interests. It is the best option. It's better than our walk away. It is legitimate and it's based on clear communication. It will improve and certainly not harm our relationship. And those commitments are specific, firm, and can be implemented. Our thanks to Dr. Becky Stewart-Gross from Building Bridges Seminars for joining us today on the PDPW podcast. More news, upcoming events, and podcasts are available at the Professional Dairy Producers website at pdpw.org. To the professional dairy producers, you are the most important asset on this planet. Have a great week.